Welcome to episode four of Real Estate Explained. Uh, follow the podcast on uh, Instagram at Real Estate Explained. Go on YouTube and subscribe at Real Estate Explained. Follow uh, me everywhere at Nick Bush the Realtor on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and follow Tamara at T underscore D Homes. Today's episode, we're going to give you a mashup of all of the first three episodes, best takes. So quick montage of the gems that we've been dropping over the past few weeks. I'm going to say what's up. This is Nick Bush and Tamara DeClama. What's up, party people? You're listening to Real Estate Explained. I always invite offers. So I never, I've always been taught, invite the offer. Like whatever's coming in, like invite that offer, get it in. Because once it's in hand, you can negotiate it. So for example, right now, we, uh, I submitted an offer yesterday on a house that's listed at $799. It was originally listed at $819. They dropped the sales price at $799. And we offered... Um, seven ninety nine with three percent closing costs, which is like twenty three thousand, and we've countered back. They they came back at one percent, but before but before they they countered us, the agent called me and was like, "Does your buyer really need all these closing costs?" And I'm like, "Yes, we want all <laughs> of the closing costs. Like we need these. We want all the closing costs, but you still have to make them feel like the buyer can close, right? So it's like you still want a ready, willing, and able buyer, and you still have to fight for the three percent closing costs. So you don't want to say no, my buyer has no money. They need these closing costs to close, mm-hmm. but you want to advocate for that. So they counter back at 1%, which was just way too low, mm-hmm. right? And so we counter back at $18,104, like which was the actual closing cost number. And so now we're just advocating for, you know, like my buyer absolutely wants these closing costs. Um, and an $18,000, you know, closing cost ask or a $23,000 closing cost ask is an offer, you know, way below list price. That's right. basically your example. Like seller net, that's $23,000 below list price. But when I talked to that agent, they had been on the market 42 days. And I said, hey, why have you, you know, I was like, why do you think you're still sitting in the market? This house looks great. Mm-hmm. And she just said, I don't know. I hope you could tell me when you see it. <laughs> and that's not, that's not something that I would say to an agent because that does signal yeah, like submit an offer twenty five thousand dollars less than less than list price. So, I think that like if somebody was to say that to me, I would just tell them what I would just I would invite the offer, but I might give them some like, all right, you should expect the counter, mm-hmm. you know, because that's not really what the seller's looking for. Mm-hmm. So, in what way is our housing uh, is housing discrimination hard to prove? Like, how is it hard to prove? So, for example, let's say I'm a landlord and you're a renter. Oh, no, that's not a good one. I'll go back to when I went to real estate class. Remember when we had to go to that class to get our real estate license? Yeah. And I think the example was they showed a video and you're a realtor working the desk at your brokerage. So your job is just to answer the calls that day and try and get leads. And someone calls and says, hey, I'm a, a buyer and I have $200,000 and my credit score is just shy of six hundred. I want to look at a house. Uh, we're not going to be able to show you that house today. Mm. Let's figure out a time for the future. Five minutes later, you get a phone call. Hey, I'm looking to buy a million, uh, a million dollar house. Uh, my credit score is eight ten. I got my pre approval. Let's go out. And you're like, all right, I'll be, I'll meet you there in five minutes. And it's that same person. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way someone would get caught if somebody's shopping around. But yes, you just discriminated against somebody based on how much they make or what their credit score is or what have you. Um, but that's hard to prove, right? Like, so if I was that person that was like, oh, he didn't want to see me today because he thought I made too little money and I called, 
you know, the authorities and reported you, how would I prove that? Yeah. And it does become a he say, she say, because you would essentially have had to record both phone calls. And then if that happened to you, the 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 whoever is investigating the case has to either monitor that or 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 there has to be a pattern of people saying this happened over and over again. And the only way that pattern can be established is if enough people complained. You know, I think I think that's true. Like people people feel like buying a house is a commitment, and I often deal deal with like. I mean, I'm not saying it's not. It is. No, 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 like a like a like a major like a major commitment. Ball and chain. Exactly. It doesn't have to. Like marriage doesn't have to be a ball and chain. So my whole so my whole family is basically renters, right? Like I'm one of maybe three homeowners in my family, and I think it's really like two homeowners in my family, right? One of two, maybe one of three at the most. And the the biggest objection that I've always gotten from renters is like, what if something breaks in my house? Like, what do I do now? Right? And I'm just like, first of all, like, when's the last time your stove just didn't work? When's the last time the fridge just went out? Right? Like, what what's really gonna break? What are you really afraid of? That's good. That's gonna like go wrong. You have a home inspection, so you're going to know the age of the roof and the HVAC and all of those things. And then that's that's one objection, right? Which is like a fair thing to think about, but there's obviously things in place to prevent those things from happening or there's 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 a way to create solutions. The second thing is, well, what if I lose my job? And I always tell renters, I'm like, you're way more safer as a homeowner losing your job than you are as a renter because if you don't pay your rent by the fifth... Yeah, I think you have until the fifth, right? If you don't pay your rent by the fifth, they serve you notice. You don't pay by the end of the month. You're getting evicted well, and you're out of there. DC. Not in D.C., but normal. <laughs> you're getting evicted. First of all, as a, good. as a homeowner, <laughs> but as a homeowner, you have until the 15th to pay your, your mortgage. And then if you lose your 30th job. 30th before it hits your credit report. 30th before so it hits your actually, credit. I should say first of the next month before it hits your credit. Yeah. And then if you lose your job, you could be like, all right, I'm going to go live back. With, I'm going to go live well, at no, home with my parents. Can't you call the bank and say, hey, I've lost my job. I'd like to apply for a. Not a grievance, but yeah, like a uh, so it's forbearance, forbearance or something. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so, I mean, you got options. Yeah, but at the worst, but at the worst, right? Like, if you own your house, like, you have until the 15th to, to make the payment. You have until the 30th before it hits your credit. And if you do lose your job, you could be like, okay, I'm going to go live with my parents or live on someone's couch. Let me put place. some tenants in here yeah, right. so they can cover the mortgage. I can still rent my place and keep it. And when I get back on my feet, I can move back into my house. So there's literally no reason to not own. Like the commitment issue is not. We're staring at staying in a house and rent a couple bedrooms out. Yeah, so many options. Buy a house as soon as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Let's man. tell the the viewers what storm ones are, since you know we're old. They are they are Air Here's Jordans. Yeah. Air Jordans. Air Jordan ones. Air Jordan ones. One. Did the you wait, did you wait in line to buy those? No, I bought them online. So you can get them online. They're easy to get. I can buy them again right now for $745. They're still expensive, wow. but they're easy to get. So, so this is the point. $745. See, see they're not, they're not, it's not like they're easy to get. They're, yeah, you can purchase them. You know what I mean? But they're expensive. So um, like Louis Vuitton sneakers are easy to get. You just go to the Louis Vuitton store, but they're expensive. You know? So it anyways. It was on retail for like 200 bucks. Is there something I special these, about these? I bought these for like two to three hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I had them for years, so I bought them for like two to three hundred dollars. The last time they sold, it was six hundred and twenty dollars. They sold for six hundred and twenty dollars, and the lowest ask right now for these is seven hundred and forty. Is that the color scheme? Stock. Those are not brand new. The, mine no, are not in, on your phone. These um, are these. So you have so when you're dealing with sneakers, you have none. Of, no, these are not brand new, right? But you have dead stock sneakers which means that i own my sneakers i never wore them you can sell them for dead stock so they're more valuable then you have you sneakers that sell just at a different price got a little bit of foot in them so are sneakers like 
collecting baseball cards? Like, why would you not wear the sneakers? Sneakers, yeah. A lot of times, <laughs> sneakers are like collecting baseball cards. Okay. Word. So, sneakers are a good investment in 2022.